1: Only just one of you. God loves. just a little bit different when he could have just made us all the same.
2: I just love singing praises to Jesus. We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible and Living Sound.
3: (laughs) No, it may not be as bad as you think it's going to be. I've been here quite a while, so have most of us, and we haven't died of loneliness yet. I'll
4: never see my family my own loved ones again never
3: never oh i know how he feels poor fellow i felt the same way when i first came here still do i guess but i'm used to it now one never gets used to being a leper cast out of society day by day our flesh rots more and more any day we may die can anyone get used to that i guess not and we're great sinners so the priests say, and the people believe them. Well, I don't. I don't believe leprosy is the result of sin. Not at a direct result, any more than any disease is. Yet people revile us. They throw us our food. We must holler, unclean, 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 wherever we go.
4: <laughs> if we're allowed to go any
3: place. We're, we're not allowed to, are we? No, we're restricted to a certain area. Beyond that, we cannot go. Do you feel better? Well, I'm getting used to it. To this vile leprosy. And you hated Israelites. Here, we hate no one. We're brothers, all in the same terrible condition. We help one another, not hate. Uh, I'm sorry. I I
4: don't hate you Israelites. My countrymen do. Personally, I, I never have. Under the skin, we are brothers, made and sustained by the same God, breathe the same air, a subject to the same infirmities. This, this leprosy, for instance...
3: those people come and go as they please they're free free oh freedom is a wonderful thing freedom from what Oh, to go and come as you please physical freedom is there any other kind Well, several
4: and much more important than physical this freedom of the mind the soul
3: A free and easy conscience, freedom to be... A Samaritan thinking of his conscience, of his soul? (laughs) I didn't think it possible. Surprised?
4: Amazed. I think you Galileans and we Samaritans would both be surprised if we would just sit down together and think and meditate and pray. Why do our people hate each other? No one seems to know, really. The hatred has been there for centuries, and no one seems to care or do anything about it. For centuries we say, say, there is someone who is trying to bring love between our people, between all people. That, my friend, is an impossible task. To most, yes, but not to this man. What's so special about him? You haven't
3: heard about Jesus of Nazareth? Not, not the Jesus of Nazareth. Yes. Oh, yes, yes, I have heard about him. Isn't he supposed to heal the sick and make the blind see and things like that? (laughs) He's not just supposed to. He does. (laughs) Oh, you laugh. Oh, no one can heal. No one has that much power. Not even Caiaphas, the high priest of Jerusalem. Jesus does. Well, well, what is he? Some sort of God or something? Yes. A God? Yes, the son of God. Oh, I've been here so long that I forget... But it does seem like I remember vaguely that we Israelites are looking forward to the coming of uh, someone called the Messiah. Jesus is the Messiah. Well, how do you what Samaritan know about this? I heard Jesus say that he is the Messiah. Oh, <laughs> well, saying so doesn't make it so, you know. His power and works prove he's the Son of God. Kenny, uh, has he the power to cure
4: leprosy unto him is given all power in heaven and earth i heard him say so so he can heal anything even leprosy do you really
3: believe that i have complete belief and trust and faith in jesus of nazareth then you have something the rest of us don't have hope What would happen if we walked down there by that gate Where all the people are gathering <laughs> They'd scatter like dust in a storm oh, yes. The crowd
4: down there by the gate they're, they're gathering around a man Jesus Jesus, yes, I'd know that kind face anywhere Jesus, Jesus I hope he hears us Jesus uh, He hears you, he's looking this way Jesus, we are lepers Ten of us Have mercy on us, master! Go, show yourselves unto the
3: priests. Go to the priests, they can't heal us. No, 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 Jesus wants us to go to the priests to be certified as cured. That's the law. But we aren't cured. We will
4: be. Have faith and start to the priests, believing we will be, and we will. Come,
3: follow me to the priests. Your skin, it's clean, pure like a baby's, So is yours. Oh, oh, the priests will have to pronounce us cured, and we can go home. Home! Come on, to the priests. <laughs> now to go home. I hope my wife remembers me. It has been so long. healed. Oh, it's wonderful. Oh, now to go home to my family. But first,
4: but first I must go and give thanks to to Jesus. I must fall at his feet and worship him, for truly he is the Son of God. Were there not ten healed? Yes, my lord. Where are the nine?
0: We'll continue the Bible story tomorrow. And if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye.
2: We praise
0: thee, O God, for the sun.
2: Hey, it's time for our meeting to begin. Welcome to
3: the Kids Bible Club. Hey,
2: Pastor Perez, can I ask you a question?
3: Sure, Hannah. What's on your mind?
2: Boys. Oh, stop it! I don't mean like that. Does the Bible say anything about why boys are so silly, loud, and mean? Hey, I'm not mean. What makes you think I'm talking about you, Sam? Sam? Oh, well, I thought you were going to say something about what happened today at school when someone put a rubber snake in your notebook. How'd you know about that? Um, people talk. You see, Pastor Perez, boys are always doing dumb things that make me mad. I opened my notebook, and that snake scared me half to death. Does the Bible say anything about that?
1: There is a
3: text in Luke chapter 6 that says we should love our enemies.
2: Hey, I'm no enemy.
3: And there's one in 2 Corinthians where God says, If you forgive anyone,
0: I also forgive him.
2: It was just a little rubber snake. So, I'm supposed to forgive and love silly boys who put snakes in my notebook?
0: As Christ forgives and loves us, yes.
2: You're not going to hug me, are you? No, Sam. I'm going to love you, even though you're totally insane. And I'm going to forgive you so that Jesus can forgive you too. But if you ever put another rubber snake in my notebook, I am going to, to, to what? Hug you!
3: Ah! Alrighty then, I think we can move on with our meeting. Jesus wants to be our friend.
4: He has placed in our hearts a desire to share our deepest secrets and brightest hopes with him. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists.
5: Hi, boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Prayer in the Blizzard by Clarice Stoneman Whitman. I doubt that any of the children in our class regarded Anna as anything but a freak before the day of the blizzard. She seemed almost like a friendly puppy following us around the schoolyard, anxious to please but always doing the wrong thing. Everybody laughed at her awkward mistakes. Anna was from a German refugee family that had come to the United States to live. She was tall for her age and very slender, with thick braids the color of clover honey, shy blue eyes, and a smile that quirked only one corner of her wide mouth. Anna could not speak English. That was the reason she seemed always to be doing the wrong thing. Our teacher, Miss Bailey, put her in our class because she was just our age, 12 years old miss bailey asked us to include anna in our games but since she could not understand us any more than we could understand her she was often left out miss bailey frequently kept her after school to teach her picture words that's what anna was doing one november afternoon when paul and fred jones alberta sloan and i started home it was one of those warm indian summer afternoons too warm for november even in kansas where the autumn days linger sometimes well into december "'It's such a wonderful day,' said Alberta. "'Why don't we go out to the Gringham's Black Walnut Grove "'and gather some nuts?' "'Mr. Gringham said I could gather nuts in his Mm -hmm. grove "'any time I wanted to. "'It would be fun.' "'I could stop at Uncle Jack's feed store "'and get some sacks,' offered Paul. "'Mother likes the flavor of black walnuts.' "'I added my bit. "'I can surprise her with some nuts "'for the fruit cake she's going to bake tomorrow.' "'We'd better not,' Fred shook his head. "'We're expected home right after school.' "'Why can't we plan to go tomorrow?' "'Because it might be stormy tomorrow,' said Alberta. "'The weather forecaster says a storm is coming over the weekend.' "'It looks very much like it,' scoffed Paul, "'rolling his head in all directions to view the cloudless sky. "'I wouldn't be at all surprised "'if we'd be snowballing each other at this time tomorrow.' "'We all laughed. The idea seemed ridiculous. "'Come on, I'm going,' said Alberta, "'firmly walking away toward the country highway.' We all hurried to catch up with her. Even Fred forgot his objections and crossed the road to help Paul get the sacks from his uncle's feed store. We followed the road to a small creek at the edge of town, then cut across an alfalfa field, skirted a large hay barn, and walked on through a woodlot. Beyond a large pasture of buffalo grass, we could see the trees. It was farther than I had imagined. I had never been on a hike that had taken me so far from home before, and I liked the excitement of the adventure. Just as we reached the grove, we looked back and saw a girl in the distance. She seemed to be following us. It's that German girl, Anna, Paul said. She helps Mrs. Gringham with the housework on weekends. I suppose she'll be coming over here, tagging after us. But Anna didn't come by the grove. She just waved to us from the pasture and continued on her way. We didn't work very hard at gathering nuts. We found it great fun to pelt each other with the balls. The husks were soft and cushioned the sting of the direct hits. Suddenly, we noticed that the sun was not shining so brightly anymore. Gusty blasts of wind sent the dry leaves whirling high into the air. It was getting cold. Gray clouds rolled across the sky. "'If we're going to fill these bags before dark, we'll have to hurry,' said Fred. We stopped our playing and began to gather nuts as fast as we could. Finally,' Alberta said, "'I'm going home. I'm cold.' ''Yes, let's all go home,'' I said. ''We have plenty of nuts anyway, all we can carry.'' I didn't have to persuade anyone else. They were all ready to go, and soon we were hurrying across the pasture toward town. We hadn't gone far when Paul said, ''Look, it's beginning to snow.'' Then suddenly there were many, many flakes whirling and swirling about us. It was getting colder by the minute, and our light summer clothing was little protection against the raw wind. And we had to face that wind, Fred led the way, and we followed single file behind him, getting some small protection from the worst of the blasts. The distance across the pasture seemed endless. We could see only a few feet ahead. The storm seemed to surround us on all sides like a white wall. "'I'm cold,' said Alberta, beginning to cry. I felt like crying, too. "'We should have reached the woodlot long before this,' said Paul. "'It will be better when we get into the shelter of the trees.' There's a dark object ahead of us, said Fred, wiping the crust of snow from his face. Perhaps it's one of Mr. Gringham's cows. Then suddenly Fred shouted, It's Anna! Sure enough, it was Anna, with her arms full of warm clothing she had borrowed from Mrs. Gringham. She knew we had no coats with us and were not prepared for the sudden storm. We joked and laughed as Anna helped us put on the warm coats. Even Alberta wiped away her tears and seemed cheerful again. Then we started on anna took fred's arm and motioned that we should follow her but she's going in the wrong direction objected paul we don't want to go to the Gringhams. we want to go home the boys carried on an argument with anna in sign language for what seemed like hours but was really only minutes finally anna gave up and nodded her head to show them that we must follow her it was beginning to get dark and the snow was still falling thickly about us on and on we went the storm seemed to be fiercer than ever We gave up trying to talk to each other because it took all our breath to struggle forward against the wind and snow. Even the warm coats were not enough protection against the icy blasts. Alberta began to cry again. "'I'm cold!' she whimpered. "'My feet feel like clubs. I know they must be frozen. "'We're going to freeze to death out here in the storm!' I had been fearing the same thing secretly. Maybe we would never reach home again. By unspoken consent, we had all left our nuts by the wayside." Then suddenly we bumped smack into the side of a building. It was the hay barn. We had wandered from our course enough to miss the woodlot completely, but luckily we had not missed the barn as well. We followed the boys around the building. Fred opened the door, and we hurried inside. It was dark and cold in the barn, but the protection was a welcome rest from our battle with the storm. We stood close together in the snowy darkness. From the dim light that entered the doorway, I could see that Anna was moving some armfuls of hay into a corner. Then she pushed us all toward the comfortable place she had prepared. We sat in a circle on the hay, resting. The hay smelled musty and damp, and before long we felt even colder than when we had been out in the storm. Alberta was still crying. Stop that sniffling, said Paul. What are you crying about anyway? We aren't lost. Just as soon as we have rested up, we'll go on home. "'Sure,' said Fred. "'We'll be home soon. "'Then we'll catch it. "'We shouldn't have gone to gather nuts without permission. "'We were expected to go straight home from school "'with no dilly-dallying.' "'We're sorry,' I said, "'but that doesn't help us now.' "'I'll never do this again,' wailed Alberta. "'Nor I,' said Paul. "'We've been very foolish.' "'Then we all sat silently, "'waiting for someone to make the first move "'to start out into the storm again. "'No one did.' The patch of gray light that was the doorway grew darker. The wind whistled about the eaves. I could feel the snow sifting in on my face, but I was too cold and miserable to care. It seemed like hours later that I suddenly awoke. What had awakened me? Then I heard it clearly. It was a voice, Anna's voice. She was talking in German, and I could not understand a word she was saying. Yet somehow from the tone of her voice, I knew that she was praying. I was stiff with cold, but I stumbled to my feet and found my way through the darkness to her side. As she continued her prayer, I found myself repeating it after her Unser Vater in dem Himmel, Dein Reich komme. Anna's prayer gave us both the strength we needed. We roused the others, and all together we marched back and forth across the narrow cleared space. Anna began to sing one of the hymns Miss Bailey had been teaching us for the Christmas program. It came upon the midnight clear. We all joined in, and it seemed almost as though we were back in the schoolroom again. We forgot for the moment that we were cold and hungry and far from home. Just as we finished singing the second stanza, we heard shouts outside the barn. We ran to the door. The lights from Mr. Gringham's big truck shone into our faces. An hour later, five cold, tired, and hungry children were delivered by way of the Gringham truck to their worried parents. From that day on, Anna was one of us. We helped her to learn our language and took turns staying after school to drill her in picture words. Miss Bailey, said Alberta one day as we were helping our teacher after school, when we were lost in the blizzard, Anna said a very beautiful prayer in German. Jesus heard Anna's prayer and sent help to us. Do you suppose we could get Anna to teach the prayer to us? That is how it happened that our whole class learned to say the Lord's Prayer in German. Ever since then, those words have reminded us that Jesus is always near at hand to hear a prayer in any language. The story you have heard today is from Guide's Greatest Stories, written by various authors and compiled by Randy Fishel, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This
0: podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let the children come.